Hi, I'm Ravi. Hey, I'm Gagan. Welcome to Founders Circle. Every startup has a story, and we talk to founders who are still writing theirs. Last episode, we spoke about our journey from wanting to start a startup, to developing an idea, to going on to win the London Regionals of the Hot Prize, taking our first step towards the million dollar prize. In this episode, we'll give you the stories leading up to this voice note. Bro, I'm like, I'm like shaking right now. I just pitched a team to President Bill Clinton. As well as some of the lows along the way. We've come a long way since then. Now, some of you may be wondering why the episode is called Skill Street, given it's a follow-up to our first episode on Tame, the startup that we've been building. I don't want to give too much away just yet, but we have rebranded, and this is part of the Skill Street launch. Welcome to the One Minute Pitch, a segment of the show where we'll get our guest, or today, Rabbi, to pitch the business idea in a minute or less. Take it away, Rabbi. There is a mismatch between the skills that the labour market requires and the skills that individuals have. This skills gap is costing the UK alone over £6 billion a year, and it's only growing. That's why we built Skillstree. Skillstree delivers personalised, data-driven learning recommendations. We show individuals the best skills for them to learn in order to maximise their chances of employment within their local labour market. Individuals input their skills by telling us about their education and experiences, we analyze their local job market to find skills in high demand, and we make optimized recommendations on what they should learn and in what order. Skillstree supports job seekers, as well as individuals who just want to learn something new. Going forward, we hope to develop solutions to support corporates and governments. Skillstree is supported by the United Nations Hull Prize, the UK's Department for Education, as well as Nesta, the UK's innovation charity. Now, more than ever, People need guidance and support to help them leverage online learning and get back into the workplace for the long run. With your support, we can have an incredible impact. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Before we can tell you about Skillstreet, let's pick up the story exactly where we left it last time with the tank. At the end of the last episode, we spoke about how we just won the London Regionals of the Holt Prize. Following that, we took some time off to focus on our exams. But as soon as that was over, we picked up right where we left off and began to spend the next month preparing for the five-week accelerator program. Now, this month before the accelerator was the first time our entire team was able to work exclusively on a team, and it all paid off. At the end of these five weeks, we felt ready to start the accelerator program. So we made our way down to Heathrow, the meeting point for the accelerator. I think that's the first time we realized how big and how international the competition was. Definitely. There were people from literally every corner of the world. And there were also people of all ages. There were students younger than us. And then there were MBAs who already had years of work experience. Not to mention kids. Yeah. I mean, I think when I noticed that, it was the first time I realized how diverse the cohort was. And we intended to take advantage of this diversity. So we spent the entire first coach journey over to the castle where we'd be spending the next five weeks talking to people from all around the world. I don't think it really hit home that we would be living in this castle until we finally saw it come up over the horizon. And when that happened, it was pretty special. And I think the Hull Prize did a pretty good job of making the entire five weeks feel special. I remember the very first formal dinner that we had. Um, It ended with all of us basically singing. I think we'd known each other for what, like 48 hours at that point? Yeah, 
100%. I think that's something they do exceptionally. It's just this idea that despite it being a competition where everyone's trying to win a million dollars in funding, um, it like we really ended up getting on really, really well with the people that we were around and, and have made some lifelong friends out of it. Yeah, I, I mean, like five weeks in a castle, you can have a lot of fun. I remember, you know, just exploring the castle with our friends. I remember like one of the very first days I ended up in some of the dungeons under the castle with some of the other competitors. So that was a bit of a crazy experience. And if I remember correctly, although we probably shouldn't be talking about this because it's a massive, massive health and safety violation, but we ended up going to the top of the roof of the castle and on one of the very last nights. I have was... no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but then there's also going into the forest, which we did a bunch of times. We took like loads of snacks and, and it was just like midnight stuff where we were stressed and we would just go and uh, talk to a bunch of people in the middle of the forest. Yeah, that forest was a pretty cool place to just explore as well. I remember one time I think we played like hide and seek or like cat, like it in the forest. Now, despite all of the sponsors, we were there to build a great company and the whole prize made it a little bit easier than it would have been otherwise. Definitely. So they structured the program in a pretty good way. Um, so across the five weeks, each week had uh, a quite similar structure. So we'd spend basically Monday to Thursday holding our pitch. The first two of those days would be spent on attending masterclasses where uh, different experts would be giving um, talks and sort of interactive sessions on um, different aspects of building a business. So there was like legal sessions, finance sessions, um, things to do with, you know, um, product market fit and yes. sort of exploring how you can market your, your business, every sort of facet by which um, you can sort of improve your startup. And um, Wednesday, Thursday was mainly focused on um, finishing up our pitches, going to office hours, spending time basically one-on-one -on -one with some of these experts and figuring out how we can apply some of their principles specifically to our startups. Um, Thursday night was always spent working late. So yeah, the reason for that was Friday, every Friday was pitch Friday which meant that we were pitching every single week to a different panel of judges. Um, and as a result, I'm sure you can imagine, like every Thursday was, was basically hell. Um, <laughs> we'd always split out into our different sort of groups to work on the things we need to work on, come together, finalize our pitch, practice. And we'd always end up working to sort of the early hours of Friday morning. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it was, it was quite interesting because it was just one of those things where it, you know, you sort of, I, I remember like after the first week where we, I think we finished our pitch at like two in the morning, we were like, you know, we'll try and be a little bit more efficient and we'll try and make sure we use our time a little bit better Definitely. And, so that we could get the pitch done sooner. But things just don't work out that way. Like there will always be these last minute adjustments just to make it that tiny bit better. And um, which meant pretty much week on week. I think the earliest we ever slept on a Thursday was probably like three in the morning, like two or three in the morning. That's probably true. It's quite funny. I remember I remember us finishing up that first week. Um, I remember I think there were some small changes that I needed to make. And um, and I did that and, and sent it off. And when we when we sent that off, I remember posting on Instagram and um, one of our mentors, one of our friends were on it, replying to it um, and just asking us like how things are going. And, and I remember saying something along the lines of, yeah, you know, um, we ended up submitting super late, but, you know, never again, basically. And I think that, that might have been the earliest we ever submitted it. So um, yeah. kind of just goes to show. 
Yeah, 100%. And, and the other thing that sort of happened was with each of these pitch, uh, pitches, uh, on this Pitch Friday where we pitch to a different panel of judges each week, what would happen is we'd split into two groups. So the entire cohort of 40 or so startups would be split into uh, groups of around 20. And, and each of those uh, would pitch to a different panel of judges in separate rooms. The way it would work is that um, over the morning they'd pitch, and then at lunchtime we'd basically all gather together um, inside this sort of castle-esque dining room mm -hmm. um, in order to find out who were the top three and bottom three teams from each room, giving an overall top six and bottom six. Yeah. And obviously it was our sort of mission to be in the, be in the top three um every every week you know that, that was what we were aiming for and the first couple of weeks we were neither top three nor bottom three um i think the main reason for that was kind of the fact that we didn't even really know what we were pitching and you know what that meant was a lot of the time the judges didn't really understand what we were pitching and because of the uncertainty with what sort of our value proposition was and a lot of things we were still yet to iron out with our business it seems that um, they were they were apprehensive to put us bottom three because you know we might actually be onto something, and they were also apprehensive to put us in the top three because um, you know we we just weren't clear enough. Yeah, hundred percent. I think another thing that we sort of had to get over, um, which seems like such a weird dis thing to call a disadvantage, but you know, was definitely definitely felt like a disadvantage, especially in those early weeks was uh, getting over this sort of persona that people painted of our team of being like the nerdy Oxford team. And, yeah. But we definitely didn't help ourselves because I think if <laughs> if I remember correctly, in one of our very first pitches, we had like on one of the on one of the slides, we had like all of the prob uh, probability and, and statistics and um, like theoretical background for our for our algorithms <laughs> and model, which was not helping us in the slightest. Yeah, I mean, look, to be completely fair, I think um, it was it was advantageous at times, but we kind of recognized that it also um, it also meant that oftentimes what we were doing wasn't very clear either. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, you know, the first two weeks, what happened was we didn't come top three or bottom three. Um, but I don't think we felt particularly bad or good either, either time. So we were sort of like, okay, cool. This is an opportunity for us to learn. Uh, find out what we can improve on and let's just hone in a little bit better. And, and yeah. we went into week three with that mentality. We basically like redid our entire slide deck um, from the bottom up. We, we really sort of honed in on a business model and said, you know, this is exactly like, this is what we're pitching. This is our strategy. This is how we're going to target the whole prize um like the whole prize objectives of yeah. both making profit and also having a massive societal impact. Um, and we were felt we were feeling pretty good, I think. Like we went Definitely. into this third pitch and we went into this third week's pitch with uh, you know uh, experimenting with a couple of things. We would we decided to um, only put two pitches in rather than having all four of us pitch. And mm -hmm. that week Rabbi and Oren had decided to pitch. Um, and the pitch felt when it went off like pretty good. I think we were pretty um, pretty optimistic that we might even be able to snatch a top three spot. Completely agree. I think it was the first time where I think we went in and I felt confident that I knew the business, knew what we were pitching. And I think it was the first time we were actually all on the same page as well. Um, you know, when we when we pitched that third week, I was feeling pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, 
Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, you know, I just I remember listening to the pitch and feeling like this seems like it's clear. It doesn't seem like it's going over anyone's head anymore because we know exactly what we're pitching, and exactly. and we've made it as simple and clear as possible. So after that, we you know we headed to lunch, um, and we were waiting to hear the results. And I think we hear the top three first from each room, and you know we they announced the top three um, in each of the rooms, and unfortunately we didn't make it. And yeah. I think at that point I was kind of like I was a little bit disappointed, but I was like. You know, not the end of the world. It's happened for the past two weeks. The only way is the only way is up, basically, from here. Yeah, I see. It's interesting because I was quite deflated when we were weren't in the top three that week. I mm. felt I felt like you know we put in so much work, like we've rebuilt the entire sort of value proposition and like really honed in on it. And yeah. I felt good. I felt good, and I thought we deserved to be in the top three. So I was pretty deflated when we went. Yeah. Look, I mean, likewise. Like you know, I also expected that we had a chance at the top three. So I was I was also quite disappointed as well. But I think what we really didn't recognize is that um, it was going to get worse from there. So, yep. you know, um, then when the bottom three in each room were being announced, turns out we, we, we made it to the bottom three. And that really, that was really difficult to, to deal with, actually. Yeah, that, that hit really, really hard. And essentially what happened is that the platform that we were pitching um, at that point, was focused on reducing human biases in uh, recruitment processes. But that was something that we kind of lost in translation during our pitch. And one of the judges had interpreted us as removing the human element from hiring, which couldn't really be further from the truth. We know that humans hire humans. And, and as a result, we ended up being in the bottom three. Times were kind of tough. Like, I remember like me personally, after after that announcement happened, I sort of took some time off and just wandered around, like wandered around the castle grounds and, and just thought like, you know, was this the right thing to do? Did yeah. I make a mistake by, um, you know, deciding to spend my summer on this startup? And, and I think it's worth noting, like all of our team had dropped, you know, prestigious internships in venture capital, investment banking and consulting. All, like all of these amazing, amazing opportunities in order to work on this. And at that moment, when you know, when you come in the bottom three, it's at those low points where you really start to, uh, where which really sort of make you doubt your own decisions. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, even you know, I was, I think I went back after that, um, after that happened, and I also took a little bit of time to myself as well. I think we, all of us, when we were reflecting there, um realized that we kind of have to make it worth it ourselves you know it's our actions which make the experience worth it and i think each of us kind of came to that conclusion on our own which was quite cool 100 percent. and i think just thinking back um you were probably the best person of the four of us at dealing with the repercussions of coming in the bottom three that week (laughs) maybe Um, maybe i'm I'm used to failure who knows Um, but no, I think like you did a fantastic job of just like picking, picking up, picking up the pieces. I think um, after, after, after what had happened, um, and really getting everyone together and on board to work even harder for four three, and mm. things paid off. Definitely, I mean, from you know, like I said, from my perspective, I think I do think we each of us came to the same conclusion ourselves. But I think what we did well was how we took it forward from there. 
um, I think we had some pretty frank conversations to begin with. It was actually a very difficult process to just like talk about it. Yeah. It felt, it kind of, you know, it felt like one of those things where you just wanted to have fun for the next two weeks and say, you know, we tried and that's it. Um, I'm glad that's not what we did. You know, we had some very difficult conversations. We sort of took things right from the beginning. Um, and we really, I think, I think we, we really, we just worked super hard. And I think our results kind of went and showed for it as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, do you want to talk about some of the stuff that happened over the next couple of weeks? Sure. So um, we began that we began those two weeks by taking things like, you know, from the absolute basics, from first principles. Um, and I think a couple of the interesting things we started off by doing was um, taking things sort of more theoretically, um, planning what a user's journey would be, what are the pain points that we're trying to actually like tackle. And from there, building out a value proposition once again, it seemed like the third, fourth, maybe even fifth time we were doing that. But this time we kind of recognized the importance of of doing it um, explicitly, making sure we're all on the same page moving forward. And then the next thing that we did, which I think was also super beneficial and meant that we were able to maximize our results was we kind of focused in on our strengths there. Um, I know you spent a lot of time on trying to develop partnerships um, on that front, you know, the most exciting partnerships we developed were with the two largest course providers in the world. We secured affiliate partnerships with them. Um, and we had some very promising discussions um, regarding how we could work with them in the future as well. So that was super exciting. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of other strengths, you know, Ralph and Oren um, really dived deep into developing our proof of concept. Um, the backend technical stuff was already there and really good, but we did we did a lot of development on our front end. We had a mock-up that we could show in our pitches and show to you know potential stakeholders, which once again, it, it kind of upped the sort of game for us. And the final thing, which I think was um, quite exciting and quite like tangible was the first sort of group trial that we were able to uh, organize. And, you know, that was, I think a lot of, a lot of the work that you did there was kind of just talking to people and trying to convince them to take a, take a bet on us. I think so. I think what, I think what made it easier was the fact that we were finally all on the same page. And I think one, uh, a good, there's probably a good time to introduce this person. Um, just because he's quite a central figure um, in the story, um, is Ahmad Ashkar, um, mm -hmm. who is the CEO of the Hotlines. He's basically the guy who came up with the idea for this sort of um, this impact-centered uh, approach to entrepreneurship, and and has been running the Hot Prize for the past ten years now. Um, we had quite a lot of conversations with him. I think he personally on on an on a personal level really liked our team and really mm -hmm. saw a lot of potential in us and um, and he spent quite a lot of time sort of with us trying to help us pin down these individual things i.e what is our value proposition what should we spend our time doing how do we show that what we have is an actual idea that's going to work and mm -hmm. um, and that's what led to a bunch of the things like the user journey and um, that we could show in pictures etc um well, I actually remember one of our one of one of my favorites of, of memories of the over the course of the competition, and it sort of uh, highlights this uh, idea of different people in our team sort of focusing on the things that they're good at. Was mm -hmm. and I think this was probably the Wednesday night of the fourth week. So we, this was after the third week where we'd come bottom three, 
um, and we were working towards fourth week. And as a result, we asked for a little bit of extra time with Ahmad. Mm -hmm. um, what happened was, you know, we we pitched our idea to him. He'd given us some feedback, and sort of off the cuff, he was like, "Hey, you know, you guys seem relatively competent with your tech." Um, and I remember that Ralph um, and Aaron sort of did a little eye roll there. Um, <laughs> um, you guys seem kind of competent with your tech. And um, if I had like a side little bit, a job that I needed you to do, would you be able to do it? And essentially it was centered around data acquisition. And mm -hmm. you know, we were like, yeah, for sure. Of course, like we'd be more than willing to do it. And, and then I remember being like, okay, how much would you pay us? And he, was <laughs> like, and he was like, pay you? Of course, I'm not gonna pay you. You'll do it for free just because you wanna get in my good books. <laughs> um, I remember saying, "Yeah, we're already in your good books. Otherwise, you wouldn't be spending time with us." So let's let's start talking money. Um, and I remember the very first figure that sort of came out of his mouth was like a thousand pounds. And what was hilarious was, you know, Owen and Ralph sort of piped up and were like, "Yep, yeah, we'll do it. We'll take it." And yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, I remember you, your 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 eyes just sort of popped, and you were like, "No, no, no." So like. Um, Let's 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 play with the figure a little bit. Let's see what we can do. Um, <laughs> and we ended up like settling on a figure slightly higher. Um, but it was just one of those things where you know we really really like, like I remember laughing about it afterwards with Ralph and Aaron, and they were like, "See, now it's a good thing that we have you guys uh, to, mm. to make sure we're not giving away our talents for a too cheap." Yeah, I mean that that was that was quite a quite a funny memory. But you're right, it, it actually goes to show the strengths of the team right like without them we wouldn't be selling anything so yeah. um, you know there's, there's all both sides exactly exactly that um but yeah so we had this late night talk with Ahmad in week three uh on Wednesday night uh week four on Wednesday night apologies um and then we had another chat with him the night before the week four pitch and um, and this is probably one of the most memorable nights of the accelerator flight for me mm. And me too. I mean, I remember that night um, because it was probably one of the most difficult periods of the accelerator. I think probably second to coming bottom three. It was this night, which I remember as another pretty, pretty low point, to be absolutely honest. So we were at the end of week four. Um, we'd recognized that we'd made loads of progress. You know, we'd made a lot of changes, um, a lot of the traction, new traction had already come through. And um, we were pitching to Ahmad quite late at night i think it was like 1am friday morning yeah. and we, we pitched to him and he's like he completely roasts us honestly he completely violates us he's <laughs> like this is um not he, he basically destroyed the pitch um for for a range of valid reasons and a couple of other reasons which i don't think were valid so there was there was some good good feedback some feedback which i didn't um completely agree with but we just felt completely destroyed like we were supposed to be up that following morning at 9am pitching um, we've been practicing this new pitch. We've been working on this pitch for the whole past entire week. I just, I felt kind of, um, I felt kind of dismayed to be absolutely honest. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think we had a lot of hopes that we'd put all, all, all of this work in and Ahmad would like the idea and, and would like the pitch. And when we pitched it, he didn't, he just said, you know, a lot, a lot of, one of the big things of feedback that he sort of gave us was, you know, this seems really sort of uh, clinical. It doesn't really seem very personal at all. Like mm. the, the story, there isn't a real 
story that's being uh, told by your pitch. It seems all kind of theoretical and not very based in who you are as people. Um, and you know, with something like that, which is quite a, like, it wasn't even an attack on, on the idea. It was like an attack on the story, um, mm -hmm. which is something that like for anyone that uh, for any any to, for anyone who's ever presented anything it's like the story the story is the hardest thing to change because that's the basically the essence of your pitch right right and um, but we were told that our story was off and what that meant was it was one in the morning and we had to basically redo a, 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 a huge section of our pitch as well as rewrite a load of it and um, but we had no choice we did it um, yeah. And we stayed up until uh, three or four in the morning doing all of that. And then we pitched to Ahmad again. And Ahmad also keeps uh, some pretty crazy hours. So I think it was between three or four a.m. where we ended up pitching. And so we're pitching on the actual stage in which we'd be pitching about four or five hours from then uh, to Ahmad and another judge, Asif. And, um, you know, it's four or five a.m. It's, it's three, four a.m. And... We just finished this pitch, which is completely different to what we've been working on for the past week, or, you know, substantially different. We didn't know our lines. We were tired. That pitch was pretty, pretty bad, to be absolutely honest. Yeah, I mean, let's be completely honest. Like, when we say pretty bad, it was the worst pitch we'd done in the entire five weeks. Like, that is we true. were massively sleep deprived. This was an entirely new pitch. We, we didn't really know if we liked it just yet. And I don't think we could have liked it because we'd spent so much time working on it um, mm. at a godforsaken hour. Yeah. Um, and I but think, we did it. I think another point there is that like a lot of what the changes we made were sort of made in response to specific feedback rather than because we thought we needed to make those changes, right? And, yeah. um, and you know, I, I also feel pretty bad. That was the first impression Asif had of us as well. Um, so, you know, he must have been like, these guys are such a mess. Um but we got, some, we got some decent feedback. We figured out what we wanted to do for the following morning because we recognized we couldn't just pitch this. Um, yeah. So we, I think we ended up coming to some sort of um, agreement between the pitch we were supposed to pitch versus this pitch that we were finally, um, we'd finally arrived on. And, yeah. you know, we ended up going to bed super late, probably at close to 5 a.m. And yeah. took a small, had a small sleep and, and just got to it the next day. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I kind of think back and I'm kind of in shock that the pitch that we pitched the next day was as good as it was. Completely like, agree, yeah. It was probably the best pitch we'd ever done. Bearing in mind we were on next to no sleep um, and we'd written some of the lines literally the night, like literally two or three hours before we pitched with an hour or two of sleep in between. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I really don't understand how things worked out the way they did but what ended up happening was although we hadn't although we didn't come in the top three we were literally we we got a special shout out and um, and we were told that we were one off basically yeah we were one off of being in the top six for that week yeah and i think look i was shocked as well um i definitely think we deserved it given the work that we put in the whole week before but to be absolutely honest we'd made some pretty bad decisions that that sort of day right to stay up yep. till 5 a.m., to make such big changes. I was shocked, not because we didn't deserve it, but shocked because we did it regard like despite those bad decisions. And I think in terms of the sleep, I think, you know, we were so sleep deprived, you kind of get past that that point where 
where it's a hindrance and it kind of actually becomes a strength. I remember a point during that pitch where you stepped down off the stage, which we hadn't actually planned, and you ended up pacing up and down, talking like super directly to the, to each of the judges. It was kind of unexpected and actually very, very effective. I think that was probably our peak in terms of, of pitching. And then the final stretch began where we were sort of prepping for the final, final pitch, which would fi uh, allow us to find out if we were in the top six teams overall. And um, that would be invited to the United Nations headquarters to pitch for a million dollars in funding. And I think at this point, it's worth mentioning that um, you didn't have to come to the top three every week. And that's not how this was judged. There were five judges who were at the castle the entire five weeks who were judging the teams the whole way throughout. And so um, we definitely, we were definitely quite confident, actually. Um, we were spending our time honing our pitch and trying to figure out exactly how we can get each of these judges on board, basically. Um, we were basically doing what we did throughout the fourth week um, with just a little bit more urgency. And I think that brings us on to the final pitch Friday. Yeah. So essentially what happened in the week before we, uh, what happened in that sort of intervening week, we really just went went to town on signing up as many last minute uh, last minute partnerships as we could, mm -hmm. uh, trying to get any, trying to eke out any little bits of traction that we could to show um, how far we'd come. And I think actually there's a strong case for show for saying that as a team we might have come the furthest since the beginning of the competition, um, in terms of where we started and and what our idea was, um, which you know wasn't very concrete at all mm -hmm. to having a load of traction behind us um, and having gone through this journey where we really honed in on what we were working on. And tensions were running high. You know, um, throughout those two weeks, we were spending every waking moment together, working super hard, making decisions pretty, pretty quickly. We had a lot of disagreements. You know, doors were yeah. slammed, tears were shed for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, the only reason all of this happened was because we cared. We cared about what we were building and we just wanted it to be the best possible product. And yeah, I mean, despite all of the, the lows, there was a lot of highs. You know, when we look back at how far we'd come, each time we signed a new partnership, each time we had a new exciting milestone, um, it was a roller coaster of, of a time, to be absolutely honest. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a thing that I'll look back on and really just, I think it really highlights a lot of like the absolute highs that um, like as an individual you can feel, as well as like some of the lowest lows. Um, but yeah, sort of that brings us to the very final pitch, um, which was slightly similar to the week before, mm -hmm. i.e. like a very late night, the night before. I remember almost falling asleep in the morning session where they were basically telling us how things were going to work, work on the final day, which was um, you know, pretty, pretty imperative information to know. Um, but despite that, you know, we went up, we did our pitch and it felt pretty good and it was pretty smooth as well. Um, I remember we got called back for some extra questions at the end. Mm. And, and one of the questions they gave us was around, you know, uh, like the technical side of things and how would we be able to implement um, all of these great tech ideas that we had. Um, and we literally, I, I remember, I, I remember you answered this um, kind of jokingly initially um, yeah. and then elaborated on it. But your answer was, 
we have a Ralph. Um, <laughs> I think um, and, like, it's worth mentioning <laughs> that the judges had been there for five, for five weeks, right? Like they knew who Ralph was um, yeah. and they knew his abilities as well. So I think, you know, obviously I said it as a bit of a joke, but it also made sense to them. Uh, and obviously I did yeah. elaborate a little bit on that as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Um, so we did, we did our pitch and we had our lunch and then we came back um, to where everyone was announcing the top six teams. And Ahmad uh, was being a showman about it. Mm-hmm. He was uh, sort of ticking down, you know, the first team is X, Y, and Z, and, and then announced the first team. And then he announced the fifth team, and we still hadn't been mentioned. And as you can imagine, our hearts were going crazy at this point. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, this was something we devoted almost a year of our lives to. And, and it all came down to whether or not we were the sixth team. And, and you know, I, feel, I, I kind of feel, felt like Ahmad was quite cruel with this bit. Because the way he described the sixth team was, you know, this is a tech team with some of the, smart, like, some of the greatest brains um, in the, this specific field working on it. Um, which, and, and basically just a bunch of like really ambiguous phrases that meant that meant that we felt like we were in with a shot, yeah. As well as a couple of uh, the other really tech-focused uh, teams, and you, could, I remember sort of looking around, and all of us were on sort of the edges of our seats, waiting to find out who it was because none of us could tell whose name was about to come out of his mouth. And we didn't get it. We came seventh, and. Um, and the reason we know we came seventh is Ahmad literally sort of, as soon as he mentioned the team that had gone through, and which was a team called Phonic, uh, great guys sort of from Canada, uh, great guys from Canada and who were super friendly and some of our closest friends from the Accelerator. Um, they had gone through and almost the, like, almost the exact same, the next words out of his mouth were, and I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the team attain because although you guys didn't go through, if it was up to me, I think you should have gone. <laughs> Damn, man. That made it I think that made it hit even harder to be absolutely honest. Yeah, it was it was it was rough. It was so so rough. I think it was you know it was like it was like a teaspoon of salt with like a grain of sugar chucked on top to try and sweeten it, and it just didn't work. Yeah, I was pretty upset to be honest. But despite that, there was a lot of fun stuff that they had planned for to celebrate the top six teams, mm-hmm. um, and that brings us to the final night. So, despite us not coming in the top six teams, this last evening was an opportunity to really celebrate what the past five weeks have been about to celebrate everything we've learned and uh, just a final goodbye to all of the friends that we've made over those five weeks. You know, we had, as a result of the Accelerator, we've been now friends with people literally from all over the world. And it was just a really good opportunity to say goodbye. Uh, We had a barbecue. um, There was basically a party. There was a photo booth. Uh, It was a lot of, there was a lot of fun stuff. They'd set up um, this sort of system by which you could write letters to each other, like goodbye letters to remember each other by. Um, it was it was a pretty memorable evening. It was just a good opportunity to say goodbye to each other. Um, I really, you know, I think it was it was just a great celebration of, of pretty much all the progress that we made in the accelerator. 
Yeah, 100%. It was also quite sad because, you know, although these friends were from all across the world, that just meant that it was unlikely we'd see them again soon. It, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely know that I'll be seeing some of them again at some point, um, for sure. Um, I mean, I couldn't get rid of you, but, so... Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, you notwithstanding. Um, but there are some of the some of them are just you know from different parts of the globe, and as a result, I won't be seeing them for a long, long time, and mm. um, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But it was during this where we were sort of sat around, and I, I think we were sat like to the corner of the dance floor where some people were dancing and uh, doing their thing, where you know, a bunch of us and the friends uh, and our friends were just sat around chatting and. Um, and I sort of got up and said, yeah, yeah I'm going to pop, I'm going to pop to a toilet for a second. Um, and I went over and on my way, once I'd sort of finished up with the restroom, I remember coming up and I remember sort of seeing Ahmad uh, sat down and, and just chatting to some of the program coordinators. And, and he sort of caught my eye and waved me over. And in my head, I was like, oh God, do I have to do this? Like, is this a conversation that I'm going to have to have? And... Um, not not because I didn't want to speak to him, but more so because, you know, it, it stung. Like, mm. the fact that we weren't in the top six teams definitely stung a little bit. Um, so I went over, and he sort of said, you know, how are you doing? And I was pretty frank, and I was like, you know, we, uh, well, well, not great. <laughs> like, um, we spent, we'd spent uh, five weeks working, working our asses off on this, and we, and it sort of felt like, if we, like to come so close to come seventh and to not be invited was pretty rough and mm. um, and we ended up sort of having a conversation about you know him and how he started off with the whole prize and and then sort of myself and what I was hoping to do now that the whole prize was done and and what our plans with attain were um kind of given the end of the competition during that conversation, he asked me if we were planning to go to New York. It's worth mentioning, even though we weren't pitching, we were still invited, but had to pay our own way there, which at the time just wasn't feasible for me. Rabi was planning on going, but Ralph and Oren had real life to get back to. Ralph had put his PhD on hold for a few months for a tame, and Oren had a swish job in venture capital to get back to. I said as much to Ahmad, and he said, and he sort of asked me, like, do you want to go? And if you do, Tell me where you should. So I pitched him. I'll be frank, the details here are a little bit hazy, but it was something along the lines of, I should go because of these reasons, and this is how Attain will benefit. Something I do remember is his face when I finished, because he started nodding and said, cool, I'll pay for you to come. I was so, so excited and kind of in disbelief. Like immediately after I messaged Rabbi straight away being like, Rabbi, what on earth just happened? Ahmad said he'll pay for me to go to New York. And I remember reading it thinking, like, what the hell? Like, if anyone was going to do this, it was going to be you. Like, <laughs> that's so, so kind of you. But I remember, I remember getting that. And my initial thought, my initial thought, as soon as I'd sent that message was, shit, what about the rest of our team? Mm. Um, so I, I then tried to pitch <laughs> the of our entire team going, um, and he sort of looked at me and started laughing. And he was like, look, I'll give you guys one ticket, but you can do with that what you will. Mm. Like whether that be split it between the four of you and like uh, make up the rest of the cost yourself or whatever. And I remember sort of like 
talking to the others very quickly. I know Ralph and Oren said, you know, we definitely don't want to go mm-hmm. um, because of our other commitments. And um, But then I just sort of told you, like, hey, we can split our tickets half and half if you want, just because, like, you know, this entire opportunity is such a team-based thing. You're so cute, man. Um, <laughs> and I really, you know, I really regret not going. Um, sort of other personal factors meant that I think it was, at the time at least, I thought it was a sensible decision for me not to go. Uh, in hindsight, I wish I did. I think it would have been a lot of fun. Uh, do you want to talk about talk a little bit about how it was? Yeah, so New York was amazing. Like, uh, not not to rub salt in the wound or anything. <laughs> but uh, we, there was basically like a couple of weeks off between um, the end of the Accelerator and the beginning of New York. Um, and over that time, um, I basically used it to relax and like take a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been working so intensely for so long. Um, and then when New York happened, I remember that I decided to spend a week there instead of just the three days of the hot price final, mm-hmm. and which meant that I ended up crashing on one of the program coordinators' um, floors. Um, <laughs> shout out, in, Justin. Shout out, Justin, uh, the, our main man, um, who had a pla- whose whose family had a place in the Bronx, uh, which was. A pretty sick experience. And so do you want to tell us what else you were up to other than the hot price final? I'm not going to lie. I really just enjoyed America and everything it had to offer. I had some great food. God bless America. <laughs> I um, I did all the tourist sites and, and I just generally had a good time. I guess that brings us on to the hot price finals. Um, you know that short voice note that we've been reeling everyone in with? Do you want to tell us finally yeah. the story that led to that moment? <laughs> I think I think it would be rude if we didn't at this point. Um, so what happened was it was the final pitch day, and and the top six teams were pitching at the whole uh, at the whole price finals. It was kind of bittersweet because you know we were seeing these friends pitch at the stage, but a little part of us was also thinking, you know, we were one step away from being there, and. Um, but we won't dwell on that too much because we those top six the top six teams pitched and then everyone was invited onto the sort of rooftop um, of the United Nations headquarters, which like looked over the um, Manhattan skyline and like absolutely beautiful location. Yeah. And and up there, like there were loads of interesting people, and it was basically just an opportunity to mim- mingle and talk to these really really interesting people with fantastic stories. And and I remember at one point. And um, we sort of heard, I can't remember what it was, I think like a murmur just sort of spread through the crowd because uh, President Bill Clinton had taken to the stage and, and was about to announce the winner of the finals. The team that had won was called Rutopia, who were based in Mexico and ran tours with indigenous Mexican communities. They hire young people who otherwise would struggle to get into meaningful employment. It's a great idea and an even better team. They have a partnership with Airbnb. We played squash with them a bunch of times at the castle, so I think we can vouch for their quality. And so, after the winner was announced, the president came off the stage and was swamped by people trying to speak to him. Naturally, I also got into the queue. But at the same time, I realised that this was an opportunity I won't have again, at least for the near future, to speak to someone with that level of influence. So I started thinking about what I would say. It's important to note here that one of the things he'd mentioned when announcing the winner was around how 
He wasn't sure that the rapid change of technology would create more jobs than it destroyed, and he feared that young people would be left behind. It's even more important to note that I was terrified, but I knew I needed to do something for Attain during this conversation with, with him. When I finally got to him, I remember thinking it makes sense that this man was elected president. His ability to be so incredibly warm right from the offset of our conversation really put me at ease. And so we talked. We spoke about his speech and how I was working on a startup to help young people prepare for the future of work. We spoke about his time at Oxford and his favourite memories from there. All in all, we were probably talking for about 10 minutes, which was starting to annoy the people behind me in the queue. It's around then that it clicked, and I said, Mr. President, what would it take to get a 10-minute meeting with you? A 10-minute meeting with Ahmad Ashkar is what has led to 10 years of impact with the Hope Prize, and a 10-minute meeting with us could help prepare a generation of young people for the future of work. There was this sort of brief pause where he sort of looked at me and my heart stopped. But then he laughed and said, I like the cut of your jib, son, which I'm told is an Americanism for a good job. And then he called over one of his advisors saying, you know, email him and he'll sort a meeting out for you and your team. I got his business card and immediately sort of voice noted the rest of our team. I remember when I was listening to that voice note for like, you know, as soon as you sent it and I was I was shocked and obviously impressed as well. Um, so, you know, we followed up on that since then. And that's a resource that we hope to tap into into the future. But that brings us towards the end of the story with Attain. So we continued to work on Attain for that last month of our holidays. And once we got back to university, we continued to work on Attain on the side, balancing it alongside our studies. And we made some progress. However, things were moving super slowly until about a month ago, where we had a couple of big changes. As I'm sure you already noticed, Attain is now called Skillstream which is part of a larger rebranding we're doing as we move into the next chapter of our story. Just a couple of weeks ago, we heard back from a grant that we'd applied to a couple of months ago. We're very proud to announce that we're finalists in the Department for Education and Nesta's Career Tech Challenge Prize. As one of 20 finalists, we've been awarded £50,000 as well as mentoring to work on Skillstreet over the coming months. Especially with everything going on right now due to coronavirus, with the number of people that have had their livelihoods massively altered, there's never been a better time to create a platform to help these people prepare for the future of work. With that in mind, if it seems like the skills tree journey isn't done, you're right. If it feels like this podcast episode needs a follow-up, you're right. And if it feels like this story still has chapters left to go, you are right. Because every startup has a story. And with Skillstreet, we're still writing ours. <laughs>